Welcome, everyone, to the podcast phenomenon known as the Old Man's Podcast. I am that old man. Who am I? Dr. Streb is one of my titles, although my daughter's quite fond of telling me, yeah, you're a doctor, but you can't help anybody. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Well, she's wrong. I can help people, and I help people through this podcast. I entertain, and I inform, and I am happy you are here for both of those things. I'm an old guy, I'll admit it, and what old guys do best is tell stories based on their life experience. What could be more fun than that? Nothing, I dare say. So here you are, ready for thought-provoking wisdom and fun. So let's discuss what's coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. On my mind is the pop-in. Maybe you've experienced the pop-in people before. We'll talk about the pop-in. I have a tip for you. It's an entertainment tip. You maybe know about this, but I'll bet you might not. So stay tuned. Got a good tip for you on entertainment. There's a not-so-funny thing I've been noticing, and I want to tell you about it. I have a pep talk about making mistakes, a la an Albert Einstein quote. If Einstein can make mistakes, anybody can. So that's what's coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. What's on my mind this week? Well, it's the pop-in. You may not know what I mean by that, so let me explain. I consider the uninvited, unscheduled, no appointment made visitor who just shows up at my office, I call him the pop-in. Now, I don't know what business you're in. Maybe you've had the pop-in show up at your home, probably you have, or office, because they want something. That's why they're there. And what do they want to do? They want to sell you something. I've never had that kind of job as a door-to-door or office-to-office drumming up on cold calls kind of job. I don't envy them one bit. I also don't relish the visit from the pop-in. Now, I know people have to do what they have to do. They're just trying to make a living, and I feel for them. That's a tough job. But for me, I feel like my job is tough, at least long, and my time, I look at, is my most valuable asset. My time, at this point in my life, is worth more than money to me. Offer me 100 bucks, or offer me a day off, I'll take a day off every day. And when I was younger, not so much the case, I'd take $10. Now I want time, I don't need the money so much. See, I see it this way. If you show up at my office and you take 20 minutes of my time unannounced while I'm at work, then I have to take 20 minutes of my family's time to put it back into my work time to make up for that 20 minutes I just unplannedly gave to you. In essence, when you just show up at my door, you are stealing 
my most valuable resource, time, from my family. Now, you may feel that's extreme, and maybe it is. But for me, this old guy, let me tell you why I feel like a pop-in is stealing from my family. When I was younger, time seemed like it was infinite. There was plenty of it, nothing to get stressed on. Now that I'm older, I feel how fragile time really is. And I value time more than I did when I was younger. I realize how fleeting time can be. So I was a lot more tolerant of the pop-in when I didn't feel like it was that big of a deal because there was plenty of time. Well, now my time is a bigger deal to me. So the other day, a couple of scoreboard salesmen, if you will, that's what they were selling, popped into my office. There's two of them. Obviously, the younger one was being trained by the other one. And uh, I gave him a lesson for his training that he's probably not going to forget. Now, scoreboards, indoor or outdoor, they were trying to sell both. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. If I knew I had hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw into a new scoreboard inside or outside, you wouldn't have to come to me. I'd be calling you. I know who this company is. and It's one of the ones I would call. And I told the guy that if I ever had the money, I'll give you a call. Mostly in this case, I don't feel like we need a new scoreboard. And like I said, if I did, there isn't even that kind of money sitting around with nothing to do. So that project isn't going to happen. This conversation was destined to be a complete waste of my time, I could tell from the get-go, because he wasn't taking my explanations for why we weren't going to talk about getting a new scoreboard. He wanted to keep pressing. I let a couple of sentences come out of his mouth, and then I just stopped him abruptly. And no doubt, I was rude, but I'm not apologizing. There would be no scoreboard purchases out of my department anytime soon. Should that change, I'll call you. And he just stood there, still talking. He tried to power through my objections, so he hit my button. I launched into the you're stealing my time lecture and don't call me. I might call you if I ever need a scoreboard. But that really depends on what you do in the next moment in terms of leaving me with a good memory of you or leaving me with a bad memory of this experience. I think he caught on and that was pretty clear. He wisely apologized for taking up my time and left immediately. I'm sure he and his partner characterized the experience of talking to me, at least from their point of view, using a few number of words and terms not fit for this family-oriented podcast. And that's okay. I'm not worried about what they had to say about me because I don't want to waste anyone's time. Certainly not mine, and I'm polite enough not to waste his time. I mean, when you think about it, he actually owes me a favor now. Maybe he can knock a few hundred grand off the price of that scoreboard. I don't know how you feel about pop-ins. Do you have pop-ins in your place of business? Is this something that you have to contend with? If you have any interesting stories or antidotes on how you handle the unscheduled, unplanned visitor, and you work in a place where appointments should be made, I'd like to hear your stories.
you know how to get a hold of me, right? I'm at the old man's email at yahoo.com. That's the old man's email at yahoo.com. If you're listening to this podcast on the Anchor app, you can leave a message. That's real easy to do. Uh, I won't tell people who you are unless you want me to. You can keep your sentiments and ideas and stories anonymous if that's what you care to do. By the way, while I'm begging for input, I'd like to beg that you take the time to subscribe to this podcast on your podcast delivery app. It's a very simple thing to do. And if you got a few moments of time, if you could leave a review or a rating, that would be great. Apparently, when you leave reviews and ratings on podcast, they can move to the head of the line when somebody's just searching, um, randomly searching anyway, for a podcast. I'd like the old man's podcast to pop up. And of course, there's another way to get the word out, and that's you pass it on. Now, that's a lot of things I'm asking of you. I get that. But, uh, hey, maybe I'm a pop-in. I just thought about that. I'm popping into your life unannounced, asking you to do these things. How rude am I? Tell me about it. I'd love to hear from you. The old man's tip for you this week is an entertainment tip. I certainly know how to loaf. I guess that's being entertained. And when I come across something that gets my interest, I want to pass it on just in case you don't know about it. If you subscribe to Hulu, you likely have heard about it. If you don't subscribe to Hulu, you might want to get the uh, one week free subscription, trial subscription, just to watch this one miniseries, I think is what I would call it. Now, I don't know anything to Hulu. They're not a sponsor of the Old Man's Podcast. They're certainly welcome to be if they'd like to. Uh, so I wouldn't tell you about this if I didn't think it was wonderful. If you like or love the Beatles, you're going to like or love this show I'm about to tell you about. It's called McCartney 321. And whether you like the Beatles or not, kind of doesn't matter. If you're a fan of music, you're going to dig this show. Because it's more about music, I felt, than it was just about Paul McCartney or the Beatles. If you are a backstory fan like I am, you have got to check this one out. It's loaded with backstories. Now, it's done just two people, Paul McCartney and Rick Rubin. If you don't know that name, or maybe it just sounds familiar, but you can't place him, he's a famous career music producer. He's been with Columbia Records, and you probably heard of him through Def Jam. The dude now looks like Santa Claus, who moved into a hippie commune. I'm telling you, this guy did not wear shoes the entire miniseries. He's barefoot. Super hippie, super interesting, and very, very knowledgeable about the music business. He really, really knows his stuff. He's got this big mixing board like they have in a recording studio, because I guess it probably was a recording studio. And along the way, with some of their better, well-known songs, they're breaking the music down by individual instrument or even individual vocal and discussing where that came from, what the intention was, the backstory behind a single chord sometimes. Incredibly interesting if you're a fan of music. 
His discussion with McCartney about how the music was made, the history behind the development of their songs, they were frequently inspired to write songs by the quirkiest of reasons. That backstory on those two great songwriters, Lennon and McCartney, incredibly interesting. For example, the story of how Come Together came to be will definitely surprise you. And they used a recording technique to make a song sound faster than it was. So there was a particularly fast guitar strum that they couldn't replicate. It was too difficult to do, and so they found an easier way to do it. They recorded it in what he said was 4-4 time, and then doubled the speed in the mixer. It sounds phenomenal. You think the guitarist is playing that fast. He's not. He probably could have, but not for the extended period of time that they need him to do it. The final version was just wonderful. Now, unless somebody told you that, you'd never have suspected such a thing was going on. I found a lot of backstories super interesting. The story on how Ringo had come to replace Pete Best, the human being on Earth who possibly is the best example of the biggest mistake ever made in human history. Or... That mistake, the biggest mistake, could have been made by the fifth Beatle. Yes, once there was five. Stuart Sutcliffe. You ever heard that name before? He was the original bass player. When they went to Hamburg, which was kind of a breakout time for him in the late 50s, early 60s, the dude fell in love and decided to stay. So he made that decision, but uh, it had repercussions. Well, one of them being that Stuart Sutcliffe is not a name you associate with the Beatles, and he don't have that kind of money. It also led to Paul playing bass, and the story behind him becoming the bassist is a funny one, too. So there's some backstory history, but that one's not that kind of a secret. People know who Stuart Sutcliffe is. How about this one? Imagine in the early 60s, maybe 1960, in a nondescript club somewhere in London, there's a little-known guy by the name of Jimi Hendrix playing to an audience that includes a bit better known, but still not quite yet famous, Paul McCartney, Pete Townsend, and Eric Clapton. That picture of those four in the same club just blows my mind. So, as you can tell, I'm enthralled by it, or have been. I've finished it now. It's a great little documentary. It's really an easy binge. There's only six episodes, and each one's about 30 minutes. That's a time frame I can really dig. So, trust me, this is an old man tip, and I don't steer you wrong with my tips. McCartney, 321, on Hulu. I think you'll like it. All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. For pep talk this week, I'm going to work off another Albert Einstein quote. I've used one before. Man, the guy's a super genius. He's really quotable, right? For this one, this is an Einstein set. A person who never made a mistake never tried anything new. It kind of sounds like he's covering up for maybe a mistake that he made. Imagine that. Albert Einstein made mistakes. He absolutely did because he was fearless about trying new things, coming up with new ideas. 
And new is more often than not gonna equal failure, a mistake. This quote really reinforces a couple of core concepts on my mind that I've talked to you about quite a bit in podcast episodes in the past. I like to revisit these core concepts from time to time because I believe they are that important. You remember I frequently talk about not being afraid to try new things, new and different things. How important it is for us to get out of our comfort zone. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Einstein wasn't, we shouldn't be either. I believe it's those things that we never did do that will be our greatest regrets. If we don't do them out of fear or failure, and we don't even try, then we're letting the fear of failure rule our life. And you can't ever redo the things that you didn't try. Fear of failure leads to regrets, and regrets, well, as Frank Sinatra said, I've had a few, and you will, but you want to keep that limited, right? Regrets, you can't make up for things that you missed. So, concept number one, no regrets. And as I like to say, live boldly. A second core concept that I harp on is making mistakes. That's how we learn. We learn best from making mistakes. We learn what not to do or how not to do something. So being afraid of making mistakes means not only is fear ruling your life, but you're not learning the way you could. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Get out there and learn. The story that Edison invented the light bulb, he really didn't, his company did, but he owned the company, so he gets the name. They kept trying different combinations of elements or metals for the filament that would work in the light bulb. They tried different things over and over and over again until they finally settled on, I guess, tungsten is the filament for a light bulb. And it was trial and error. That's the entire scientific process. Most of the great inventions or discoveries in human history were born from repeated failures until you got to success. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. So that's a chief concern of mine. Failure should not be feared, but embraced. Every time we fail, we learn something. So really it's not normal, whatever normal is, to not experience mistakes. Einstein did, we do too. And that's particularly true when you're going to try new things. People be the best that you can be. Try new things and don't fear or worry about making mistakes along the way because they're gonna happen. Just make sure you learn from those mistakes. Wake up, folks. It's time to play Engage Your Brain. Hope you remember, engage your brain every day with some kind of activity that forces you to think, whether you're playing crossword puzzles, in this case we're doing trivia, strategy games, card games, things that you do with other people. Anything you do that forces you to think is good for you. 
So this is just serving as a reminder. Here we go. Five trivia questions. We're going to start with science because, well, that's the subject I used to teach. So it's kind of my favorite. Solar system question. This one's pretty easy. I hope you get this. What is the largest planet in our solar system? I think it's common knowledge. I hope it is that the largest planet in our solar system is Jupiter. Hopefully you're starting off on a nice roll. Okay, let's do a question on oceanography. Do you know what the fastest fish in the ocean is? The fastest fish in the ocean? You can get it from his name. It is the sailfish. Yes, the sailfish has a big fin that looks like a sail, but it also moves the fastest that any fish in the ocean can swim. So it's a sailfish sails, baby. Medical terms? Do you know what the medical term for bad breath is? And that's a lousy question to pick, but it was on the book, so I grabbed it. I thought it was good. The medical term for bad breath is halitosis. I think Weird Al Yankovic wrote a song about halitosis. How many total time zones are there in the world? If you don't get this one right, you're going to kick yourself. The number of total time zones on this planet are one for each hour, 24. The world is divided up into 24 equal time zones. Hope you got that one right because you're kicking yourself right now if you didn't. Okay, here's the last one. Does it ever feel like you're waiting eons for the next episode of the Old Man's Podcast? You just can't. This doesn't come fast enough. Well, do you know what an eon is? How long is an eon in geology? It's a long, long time. A billion, with a B, years. That's what an eon is. One billion years. And there you have it. A little reminder, make sure you engage your brain every day. On this week's Funny Thing Happened episode, I've got really a not-so-funny thing to tell you about. See if you agree with me on this one. I've been noticing that stupid is out on the road more now than it has been in the recent past. I don't want to come off as holier than thou. I've been stupid plenty of times on my own behind the wheel. Mistakes happen. That's something I talked about a little while ago. But I think people are making more road driving mistakes now than they did in the recent past anyway. As a motorcyclist that is still living, defensive driving doesn't even come close to describing my mentality when I'm out on my bike. I try to make situational awareness my only thought. And that's where stupid comes out behind the wheel. Your mind wanders. You're singing along with the music. You lack concentration about what you're doing, driving a motor vehicle. When I'm on my motorcycle, I want to know what every other vehicle on the road is doing. My head's on a swivel. I'm looking in the mirrors right, left, in front of me, trying to anticipate where everybody is going and what their next move might be. I'm looking at who may be turning into the lane in front of me. 
and who may not be able to see me. I try to project what every driver's intention on the road might be. So when drivers make unexpected moves or decisions that are out of the ordinary, it throws my whole plan off. And that seems to be happening more and more all the time. Drivers are making decisions that don't seem to have been pre-planned. It almost looks like, to a lot of drivers anyway, are just driving around aimlessly, making their decisions to turn or change lanes, whatever that decision might be, at the last second, kind of a spur of the moment. They forgot that they were going to do that until it happened. I'm not talking about any particular age group or any segment of society specifically. I'm just making a point in general that we, as a society, seem to be worse drivers now than maybe ever before. I have a couple of reasons why I think that might be the case. We have spent the last year, COVIDly restricted, more time at home and less time on the road overall. So we're not getting out on the road. We're not practicing driving. Well, at least not enough to keep our skills up. And driving, like most things, requires practice. And I think the people that need practice the most are the ones getting out the least. If you don't use your skills, you're going to lose them. And if you didn't have good skills to start with, not practicing as much as you once did, could be a disaster for a lot of people. A second reason I point to our driving skills as a society are getting worse, I believe that the sophistication level of our cars has an unintended consequence of making us worse drivers. Automobiles have become so technically sophisticated that they, in some ways, practically drive themselves. Now, I know the idea behind all of these new features is a safety-conscious one, but it may be having that unintended consequence that it makes us lazy and thereby worse drivers. Because reliance on electronics, rather than our own senses, doesn't necessarily make us better drivers. That's what I'm talking about. So, yep, it's a bit scary out there, and it doesn't matter if you're on two wheels or four. You need to be careful. I'm always careful. I hope you are as well. In fact, let's keep an eye out for each other. Well, you all know what that means. I gotta go. I'm surprised I made it this long, but I did. We need to wrap up this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. Please pass it on. Hey, the Old Man's Podcast has a Facebook page. If you're not following the Old Man's Podcast on Facebook and you're a Facebooker, search that page out and like it. I'm on Instagram, The Old Man's Adventures. Hook up with me on Instagram. And The Old Man Tweet One. That would be Twitter, of course. And I know it's a stupid Twitter handle, but it's all I could get. Apparently, old guys got a lot of Twitters. There's not much to choose from in regards to using the phrase the old man. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, get hooked up to all of that. I would love to be connected with you, see what you guys are doing, and I know I could do better in letting people know what I'm doing as the old man podcast host. I'll try to do better about that. 
Remember to be safe out there. I'm going to come back to you next week. You need to be there. But in the meantime, remember, live, love, and play boldly. Get off my grass! Damn kids. Damn kids.